It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, this whole week we've been kind of fleshing out your message from Sunday called In an Age of Shrinking Wafflers. Is that right? Yeah, now if everyone has been listening throughout this week, <laughs> that's been sort of an ongoing thing. Even in the back room, you know, where people are like, waffler, what's a waffler? <laughs> uh, and uh, it's like, well, it's it's a made-up word. It's like a pancake, but it has the little divots in it. Yeah, and yeah. I like the word. I thought it sounded fun, but it's, you know, one who wavers because to waffle means to waver. And, you know, a shrinker, it's one of the words I use in the message. So that's a made-up word, too. There isn't such a thing as a shrinker, but that's someone who draws back in the time of testing, shrinks back in the time of testing. And that's what we have a problem in our culture, even in the Christian world right now, where we see we have shrinking wafflers. We don't have Christians that are bold as lions. And that's what the righteous are supposed to be. The righteous are supposed to be bold as lions. So what happened to us? And that's... That's what we've been building on all week is there's a lot of nuance that we've drawn out. And this is our new model for Daily Thunder where we we give a sermon on Sunday and then we sort of go deeper and unpack it throughout the week. Which, by the way, I have thoroughly loved. And I and we've heard from a lot of people just saying that it's been such an enrichment yeah. where instead of just blasting with a whole bunch of truth from a whole bunch which of different angles. We could do, which, which we were <laughs> doing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it, it is interesting in the restraint of that yeah. and just saying, okay, let's... Let's have one focus for the week yeah. and go deeper. It actually has been a rich blessing yeah. to keep circling around the same truth yeah. so that we don't just esteem truth, hear it, and then go about our lives, but yeah. we actually begin to apply it That's right. into the everyday areas of life. I think it's so obvious. Like what we're doing now, we're sort of looking at each other like, yeah, why weren't we doing that before? Because it's so <laughs> obvious when we're doing it, right. but it's it wasn't obvious to us. Uh, and I, I just think, you know, for, for us, our desire to just be... Uh, honed by the Holy Spirit. And this has really been a gift to us. Like, I agree. It's, it's been very edifying, even for us, even though at first, when you're just dealing with such a small topic each day, like, okay, that's all we're going to talk about. Yeah. That's all we're talking about today. And it's a limitation. It's a restraint to us. And even the way we talk about it, isn't like getting out a whole bunch of scripture and talking it through. We will reference scripture, but it's very, very simple. We're just taking a kernel of an idea and sharing it. And ironically, then we start getting all this feedback. It's like, thank you for doing this. Like, <laughs> so we became more simple and it like was more effective. Right. So I think that's there's a beauty, there's a beauty in that. Yep. And if you haven't listened to the rest of this week's content, I would encourage you to go to yeah. ellersley.com forward slash daily, you know, listen to that message, and then you can follow that up with the daily thunders throughout the week. I think it's just a great way to be processing truth and actually begin to apply it and not just again, not just esteem it, but yeah. am I actually living this out practically? In my day-to-day life. So, so we did say the title, right? No, I was about to say like, oh, okay. so we're, we should probably actually get into the <laughs> content for today. Um, or we could just keep steaming. No, but did we give the title of the sermon? I think yes. we did. Yeah, because I talked about shrinking wafflers. Yeah. Yes, and how yeah. it's been a difficulty for me all week long yes. trying to say it. Yeah, uh, in fact, I said it for you a few of the days. <laughs> which I greatly appreciate, yeah. by the way. Uh, so in, in this particular episode, we're talking about the mechanics of callousness. Uh-huh. Could you, again, it's another one of those words that... It makes sense once you hear it, but like, could you flesh out what does it mean yeah. to be calloused? Yeah. And it sounds like a very <laughs> negative term, but we actually mean it in a very 
there's, two distinctive yeah, ways. There's, two, there's a positive and then a negative callus. Just like almost everything in life is is the same way, uh, where there's there's a positive uh, version of it and and a, and a and a horrible version, a fleshly version of it. And first of all, callousness starts with a C. And if you notice, like the mechanics of cowardice, courage, uh, confession certainty which didn't have the k sound but it's a c that's right and then so the alliteration was still it was, it was still, still there. intact if you look at it on yeah. a on a flow and then the mechanics of callousness but a callus is something like uh, a good callus like i wanted calluses in athletics and when i worked out with weights uh, you, if you don't have calluses, you're going to get blisters. And when you're, you know, in track and field or various things, you know, when you're running, you have certain shoes, especially with spikes on them. You, you have all sorts of uh, different blisters that can form, and a callus protects against that development of blistering, and it even like dulls the sharpness of pain. Like when you're lifting in a gym, there's these certain raspy sides to to the the weight equipment, but a callus just sort of preserves that, and you don't even feel it. I still have the calluses from high school uh, on my hands uh, from lifting weights as often as I did. And uh, I want them. That's what's interesting. It's not bad, but a callus in the wrong way is the worst thing you could have because it deadens you to something. It, it, there's, a, there's a necessary uh, sting that you need to feel. And it's called guilt, <laughs> shame. There's various things that are actually good mm-hmm. for us because when we're walking in the wrong way, we want to be alerted to that. Uh, one of the uh, the reasons leprosy, which is like a a I don't know if it's neurological, it's like a uh, uh, boy, I'm lacking the word, a nervous uh, disorder, nervous system disorder where you can't feel. So as a result, you lose the feeling in your hand. Therefore, your hand can flop in a fire and you don't feel the fire, as a result, you don't pull back Mm -hmm. from the flame. A rat can come up during the night and chew off your finger, and you don't know it. And so you see leprosy, that's one of the the classic pictures, is they're missing ears and fingers and things like that. That's because they can't feel. They've lost that nervous nervous system dimension, that touch, that, that nerve ending, and as a result, they can't respond. We don't want that. That's the wrong sort of callus. It sounds nice at a certain level. It's like, boy, could I be bold for Jesus if they could throw me in the fire and I didn't feel anything. And yet God gave us this nervous system on purpose. And so sort of finding that balance, we want to be, we want to have a callus towards the things of this world, towards the bait and the enticements of this world. We want to have a callus towards the world's opinion. In fact, I would say that's probably out of all the things we could bring up this week, one of the most important, because the world is snarling at Christianity right now. It is mocking it. It is holding it in contempt and saying, are you actually going to believe that? It's too embarrassing now to actually believe that publicly. And you have to have a callus towards their opinion where it actually doesn't matter. But then you don't want to have a callus uh, in regards to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. you. He wants to invite you into a deeper walk, a deeper intimacy. But to do that, he needs to touch you in your soul. He needs to remove things from you. And so it is critical not to have that callus. And so you need to have a callus towards the world, and uh, but you don't want to have a callus towards the Holy Spirit. We were talking right before we started this, and I mentioned the fact that I think it's important for us to recognize, too, that when we're talking about calluses, the, the the great thing about a callus, if you don't exercise it at one level, it can go away. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed you still have your high school. I'm like, what <laughs> on earth? That's slightly jealous. But it is interesting that 
it, it's almost like we, we, we need to remember that part of this is a journey too. In other words, uh, for example, like the fear of man thing or the approval of the world. God can do such a deep work in our soul that he really just blasts that area of our life and does this deep, rejuvenating, transforming work. But there are times where we may be in a situation where suddenly we're still, again, faced with that issue of, of pride or uh, fear of man or the approval acceptance thing. And God will put his finger on that. And we need to consistently be aware and, and open to his, his pressing. So it's not a, I was open once, and then yeah. I, I live my life, but it's yeah. a it's a constant surrender uh, and an openness, abiding relationship with Jesus that says, "Okay, constantly search and try my heart, constantly right. be refining things." And it's and it's amazing to me, uh, and we've talked about this in other episodes, but how God will do a deeper and deeper work, and it's not at times He's not these dealing with these huge massive boulders. Mm-hmm. He gets to the point where He starts dealing with rolling the eyes and and mm-hmm. the motives and the the thought processes, and and so. I may be going out boldly preaching Christ, mm-hmm. but then he'll put his finger on something saying, but what was your motive? Yeah. And so even though the action may have been good, mm-hmm. he starts working on these things. Yeah. And I think when we're talking about this idea of callous or not have, having a callous toward the world, not having mm-hmm. a callous toward God, yeah. we need to constantly be be open, but recognize that this is a journey yeah. that that we are consistently are, are going down mm-hmm. Uh, where we we need is continual work in yeah. our life, just like we need a constant callus toward the world. And that callus is built over time. And yeah. at first, it's rather uncomfortable. Like when we first start standing up against the world's system, against the world's voice, it, it's a it's a harrowing thing for us as as humans. It's like we're just trusting God, and we're like, "Wow, God!" I, but oftentimes, our voice will quaver, <laughs> our legs, our, our knees will knock. And what we have to do is continue forward. Yeah. It's like when you first go in and you exercise, you come back with blisters, you take off your sock, you're like, oh, my foot. And it, it could easily be a bait never to do it again. And yet you have to press through that. And those blisters then suddenly begin to firm up into an actual callus so that you can engage in that activity, in that difficulty even with now a smile and an enjoyment. Because like I said, a callus is what you want as an athlete. And, but what you're saying is also true. It's like, you have to continue. And as you continue, I think it's surprising for us. We had a, we've referenced it almost every day. I think our, our gathering, we had uh, a small group of men from around the country gather here at Ellerslie in our chapel. It was just a profound time. And I think we were all even surprised at how deep God was taking us and how it even brought up anxieties that most of us would be like, yeah, I'm not really an anxious person. It's like, okay, all right. Wow. To do that, God, is that what you're asking of me? (laughs) Suddenly it's just like, wow. And you recognize you are still thinking about what the world thinks of you. You are still Mm -hmm. caring, even though you and I would say, well, we don't care what the world thinks. And in certain situations, that's true. But then as God goes deeper, you recognize that God still has to work that, if we want to say it, a callous deeper into our soul so that we are not purchasable in those moments of great trial and testing. God knows what he's building us for, and he has to walk us through that process. And it's still painful, just like it is when you first run with those new shoes on and it, it, you get that, that blister. And uh, so I think that's important for all of us to remember is that it's not 
I don't know if you said this term, but one and done, where you just do it once, you pray once, and then suddenly you have this spiritual callus and you don't care what the world thinks forever. Uh, you have to cultivate this life. You have to cultivate this, exercise the boldness, exercise the fearlessness that we've been given. I remember we had a breakup of, of tables, small groups, um, and there were seven, eight at each table. And I remember we were going around and describing each of the men. And we, there's this one man who's quite a unique, very heroic sort of man. I mean, the one man, everyone at the table is like, yeah, he's pretty special, right? And it wasn't me, <laughs> okay, just to clarify. And every, the description of him was fearless. And he goes, guys, I, I just can't accept that, that name because there are times when I fear. And, and I said, but the reason I think you're getting that name is not because you don't feel fear. It's that fear doesn't rule you. You still do it, even though you might feel that fear. And that's what we would define at this table as fearless. In other words, fear doesn't control you. And that's the same with this. The world's opinion is still there. Mm -hmm. And there's times when we will feel it still, but that doesn't mean it controls us. And that's when we know we're headed in the right direction, building the right sort of callous. Yeah, but I think it, it's just a good reminder that when it comes to having a callus against the world, right? Uh, if you move your shoe slightly differently, you need a, a refinement of a callus. You need a, yep. you need a more yep. callus. Yep. I think as God continually walks us through this journey of life, he's growing the callus. He's expanding the callus. He's deepening the callus to the things of the world. In a similar sense, I think in order for us to be pliable to the Holy Spirit and not allow a callus to remain between us and in, in Christ... It's almost like we we have to remind ourselves that it's the small obediences yeah. that actually allow us to respond without a callus. It's, it's so amazing to me, uh, to use your workout illustration, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you could be doing really well in the gym and it doesn't take much time off <laughs> before you go... I feel like I just lost everything and you got to start. It feels like you have to start over. We've had this discussion many <laughs> times. <laughs> Our life is so busy. It's yeah. so easy to fall into that. Oh, I, yeah, I'm going to have to miss this week. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, whether it's one week or two weeks, you come back and you feel like you have to start over, which is not yeah. fully true, but, but there is an element where you yeah. lose something. And I think yeah. the same thing is true where if you don't keep walking in this pressure against the world and yeah. allowing God to callous you, the callus becomes soft. Yeah. Uh, same thing where if I'm not allowing God to, to, uh, I'll say it this way, if, if I'm not responding to God fully and I, and I start shrinking back on that convicting work of the Holy Spirit or yeah. I start justifying or I start, uh, if there's certain areas where I'm allowing shadows or mm -hmm. there's certain areas where I don't mm -hmm. walk in full obedience. Yeah. It's amazing how his voice grows strangely uh -huh. dim. Yeah. And so he'll, he'll poke uh -huh. and yet it's, it's just harder to hear. It's harder to respond. Yeah. I start wondering, Okay, why is my spiritual life not thriving? Yeah. But likely, not always, but but there's this likeliness that likelihood, like likelihood. The, I was yeah. like the grammar there was really weird. <laughs> but there's a, there's a likelihood that that I I haven't been responding to Christ like I should, and there is a callous growing toward yeah. Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things that we often bring up is John Stam's yeah. seven steps upward, seven steps downward. John Stam was uh, a partner with Hudson Taylor in China. And you want to talk a little bit about just that, just that progression, because I think it's yeah. so helpful, even in this discussion about the callousness of what he would call seven steps upward and downward. Yeah. And just to piggyback uh, on what you just said, you know, just as easily as we can get out of shape, it's interesting to see the 
exponential growth that can come in that callousness when you continue to exercise it diligently. And, you know, I've seen in my life both. You know, you always hate to say that you've seen the the breakdown, but yeah, you you taste it in, in all the journeys. As a Christian, you need to become very sensitive to how easy it is to get out of shape, not just physically, but spiritually. And, but, you know, I've had those seasons where I'm extremely sensitive to the needs of the lost and their lostness and where I have a deep love. And as I express that, and as I begin to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, it's amazing. It even expands and you start to ache at a deeper level. You start to long to go out and reach souls. Whereas, you know, you go back a few months before that where you weren't even thinking about souls, but then what happened, there was a response to the Holy Spirit and then you begin to agree with it mm-hmm. and it began to cause all the world's opinion and all the fact that they, they may not want to hear from you and you don't care. They need to hear. And so that callousness grows in the most possible and the most prosperous and best version of it when we agree with the Holy Spirit and just start walking. And like you were saying, there's two directions we can go. John and Betty Stam, as they they relayed this, I don't know if they originally got it from Hudson Taylor. I don't remember. I remember years ago knowing the, the full story, but it had a big impact on us. And, you know, we've referenced it many times at Ellerslie, but that is... There are seven steps upward, and the final step is heaven. But there's seven steps downward, and the final step is hell. And obviously, we as Christians, we want to make sure we're going upward. And it was fascinating because, you know, I'm not going to go into the seven steps either way, but I just want to talk about the first step downward and the first step upward. And this is sort of where I want us to just think and, and process as we go through this. The first step downward was to take sin lightly or to trifle with sin is how they said it. In other words, oh, that's not that big of a deal. That's not that big of a deal. And that's actually the first step downward, the end result, hell. Which is a slippery slope. It's a lot easier to go down that slippery slope than it is to climb up, just as a reminder. The first step upward to take sin seriously, to recognize that Jesus shed his blood to deal with it. And if he came to this earth and gave up so much to address that one thing, let's take it seriously. And when you take it seriously, it is the first step towards heaven. It's like, God, this matters to you. Therefore, it matters to me. I need a savior. And so it's it's just interesting to just see those two and how juxtaposed they are. But for us, we can form, we're going to form a callus one way or the other. It's either going to be towards God because he's going to convict us and we're going to say no. Or it's going to be towards this world because we're saying yes to God and he's going to begin to groom us in his pattern and use us in this world to shake this earth. And boy, do we need that right now. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellersley.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Note that our live in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume on weekdays this coming June at the Ellersley campus in conjunction with our discipleship training season. Thanks for listening.